welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Hello, and welcome to episode 232 of the podcast. It's Jessica, and I'm so very glad that you're here to spend an hour with us. Today, I'm speaking with the incredible Crystal Sparks. Crystal and I met about a month ago at Allison's Brand Workshop. It was so wonderful to meet her. She is an extraordinary mom of two. She's a pastor in a small town church in Texas, and today we're going to be talking about her motherhood journey, which was so, so fun to discuss. We talk about the birth of her second child who has faced some health challenges since his birth, and we talk about walking down a road of uncertainty and not being sure what exactly the future will look like, but always believing in the best. I love her positivity. I love her outlook on life and her ability to approach the unknown with great faith. That is what we're all after in this life. At least I know that I am, and I hope it will inspire you today. So let's get to it with Crystal Sparks. All right. I am just thrilled to be speaking with Crystal Sparks today. Hey, Crystal. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. Yay. Where am I speaking to you from today? I am just east of Dallas, Texas. Amazing. And we are new friends, which I'm just so thrilled about. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. I'm so thankful to get to meet you, and I've been loving your podcast, so what an honor it is to be here uh, with you for this. Yay. Well, I'm just so excited to dive more into your motherhood journey and learn more about you and your family and just have a great conversation about motherhood today. So for people that may not know you, will you just give a little elevator pitch of who you are, your family, and what you do? Absolutely. So my name is Crystal Sparks, and I am a wife, a mom. Uh, me and my husband uh, recently, three years ago, we planted a church in Roy City, Texas, and it is a fastly, gro- really quickly growing church. And we have two beautiful children, uh, Braley, who is twelve, about to be thirteen, and my son Bear, who is eleven, about to be twelve. They're thirteen months apart, oh. which I always tell people is like a momentary lapse of judgment. <laughs> um, we thought we can't get pregnant this close together, and along came Bear. So <laughs> it's been a wild journey, but I love being their mom, and uh, thankfully uh, doing what we do. We've traveled all over the world, and they've gotten to be there with us to see and do some really cool and amazing things. So, um, yeah, so I'm just here on the process of trying to figure it all out. I feel like I'm right there with everybody else. I'm a hot mess, I feel like, most of the time, but hey, it is what it is, right? You're doing it. You're doing your thing, though, and I just, I love that so, so much. And so, this is Extraordinary Moms Podcast, and the stories that we tell on this show are not about perfect moms who have their act together perfectly. It's about moms trying to figure it out, but really, first and foremost, doing everything with just love at the forefront, and that's really what I feel from you, and that's why I wanted to have you on today. Oh, thank you so much. Totally. I, I feel like that's my heart, you know, yeah. I, and I've told you, you know, in our conversation, like I've literally, I think 
kids are like the science experiment that you're like living out. And so um, I feel like we've done a lot of things and have learned a lot of things. And I'll say this, you know, like when you first, before you have kids, you're super critical and judgmental of other moms. Mm -hmm. And then once you have kids, you realize like we're all just trying to figure it out as we go along. And uh, we, none of us have any clue what we're doing. And uh, I've learned so much in the process of just going through with my kids. I feel like they've taught me more than I've taught them. And so that's what I love about your podcast is just the transparency and authenticity of every single person and just them speaking from that place of love. So yes, yes. Well, yeah, thank you. I I really have to hand it to all these incredible women like yourself, just really willing to be vulnerable and transparent because that's not easy to do. A lot of us do try and kind of put up that face like, no, we're fine. We're doing okay. We're surviving. And, and really being more vulnerable and saying, Hey, I'm really struggling in this area. What are you doing? How are you dealing with this? How are you getting through it? How are you potty training? Is your child sleeping? My child's not sleeping. All these things that can just validate our own journey so much more and take the pressure and, and help us develop more realistic expectations. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's great. Hey everyone. I wanted to interject and thank one of our show sponsors and that is 1-800-Flowers. Okay. You know what's coming up on Sunday, right? You haven't forgotten. It's your day. It's Mother's Day. Are you looking for a last minute gift idea for somebody or you're looking to pass along a coupon code for your husband because you love flowers, but they're always so expensive. That's where 1-800-Flowers comes in. 1-800-Flowers has the most beautiful selection of flowers, and they're running a limited time offer for just our listeners that if you go to 1-800-Flowers.com right now, you can take care of all the mothers in your life by giving them 24 multicolored roses, and you get a free vase for just $29.99. These flowers are picked at the peak of freshness. They arrive beautiful. The colors are vibrant. I got my bouquet last week, and I have been loving them so, so much. So... To order your 24 multicolored roses plus a free vase for only $29.99, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click on the radio icon, and enter promo code EMP. That's 1-800-Flowers.com, code EMP, for that special $29.99 price. Thank you so much, 1-800-Flowers, for sponsoring the show, and happy Mother's Day, everybody. And so let's go back to early, early motherhood for you. What did you envision for your family after you got married to your husband and you wanted to start growing your family? What did you envision and then kind of how did that those early days unfold for you? Totally, totally. Well, so we got married and um, we were going through college and all of that and just working like dogs to do that. And then we got ready to have a baby. And I honestly thought like you want to have a baby, so you just have a baby, mm-hmm. and um, that didn't happen for us, um, we tried for a, quite a long time, um, and no success, and you know how that is, every single month is just that I almost felt like I was a failure, um, yeah. that there was something wrong with me, that I couldn't get pregnant, and um, when we finally found out we were pregnant, we were so excited, and it was right around Father's Day, And, um, I surprised Brian and told him and we told our parents and it was so exciting. And I was 13 weeks, um, when I miscarried the baby Mm. and that was really, really hard and just a really dark, hard place. And my heart was so broken. And it was in those moments that I really like had to really trust in my faith in God that I was going to get through this because it was 
hard. And when the loss of a child is in the moment that you get pregnant, that baby is as real to you as if they were there. Yes. And going through and grieving that was one of the most difficult things that I have ever experienced. And one of my close friends actually got pregnant the same month I did. And so watching her belly grow, going to her baby shower was so hard. And so it was a few months after I had my miscarriage that um, we got pregnant with Braylee. And I was just terrified that whole time, just like praying like, oh, I can't go through this hurt and this pain again. And uh, she was born perfectly healthy and wonderful. And then Bear was just right on her heels. And um, it was interesting because now Braylee's almost 13. And she asked me the other day, she said, Mom, do you think that you would have loved the baby that came before me more than me? And uh, I, I was like, no, baby, you are you are exactly the baby that I was supposed to have right here, right now, mm-hmm. and in this moment. And still, though, I'll say that my friend that had her baby um, at the same time as my miscarriage, it still is a tinge of sadness whenever I see them. Because it is a reminder of what could have been, you know, mm-hmm. and um, that's, that was a hard process. But man, you know, now having Braylee and Bear, like I can't imagine any other two kids. And <laughs> I truly believe that that other baby is going to be there in heaven one day when I get there. Um, I will get to meet that precious baby. Oh, I believe that too. I really do. And I'm so, so sorry for that loss. And while you were walking through that and you're watching your friend's belly grow and I'm sure other pregnancies announced, you know, and things like that. And you're still in that grieving process. In that time, were you able to hold happiness and excitement for her while also simultaneously continuing to grieve for you? Or how did you walk through that? Or what have you learned since then now that you're further removed from it when it comes to holding simultaneous opposite emotions? Totally. I think that's great. That's a great question. And so for me, whenever I was going through that season, I really felt God whisper to my heart that I needed to stand in faith and believe that I was going to have a baby, even though it took so many months um, to get pregnant and then just to quickly lose that baby. And so the Lord impressed it on my heart to just live as though like that I'm pregnant, like to just start acting that way and just start to believe it and just Mm -hmm. to declare it. And so something I started doing is every time I went to the grocery store, it's like an act of hope and an act of faith was I would buy a package of diapers Mm -hmm. and it was like, it felt foolish and awkward to walk down a baby aisle buying diapers. When I'm recovering from this miscarriage, my heart is completely broken. I'm like bawling, you know, walking down the aisle buying diapers for a baby that I do not have. Um, But yet at the same time, every time I walked down that aisle, I got a little bit more joy in my heart. And all of a sudden I began to realize that, oh my goodness, like this isn't like, this isn't as painful as it was the first time. And each week I got more confident in walking down the aisle. And as the closet got full, it kind of symbolically represented my heart getting filled back up with hope. Um, cause that closet just began to get stacked up oh. high with all those diapers. And, um, with each one going in, my heart was filled up with more hope. And I think for me, I think whatever you're going through a grieving process, I think it's letting go of what you thought it was going to be like is the hardest part. But I think also, too, looking forward to the future with hope and expectation. Mm -hmm. And as silly as it sounds, those diapers 
helped me heal my heart. And in that season, it was like letting me know that the place that I am isn't going to work, going to be the place where I was going to remain, that there was greater days ahead and that I was going to be able to have my own child. And it was this healing process. And so Huggy saw me through some really hard times. (laughs) That visual. Oh, I'm just welling up with tears picturing that closet of diapers, but you were able to use it someday. And it is just so hard in the midst of your own trial to to not fall into the trap of, you know, God gave her a baby, but he's not giving me a baby to hold. And, you know, but the fact is, like, there's abundance of opportunities and an abundance of love and abundance of children that he, he loves us all with differently and in different timing. And so not sacrificing your willingness to be there for your friend and love on her and love on her baby and everything, even if there is that tinge where you're kind of following along with their life where it's kind of a marker for where your child would have been given different circumstances. Don't rob yourself of that opportunity to feel that joy because of the loss, but continuing to acknowledge the loss too. And another thing is, what do you think about when doctors say, you know, or just society says, don't tell people you're pregnant until until it's safe or such and such. I just always feel so sad for people that miscarry in in silence and in isolation and nobody's there to really support them in that grief. Heaven forbid it there is a loss and you just never told me because then it's awkward. Oh, by the way, I lost a baby instead of that. What do you think about that? I think I think true maturity is not welcoming people into our celebration, but uh, welcoming people into our de- depths of pain. Beautiful. And I think in trying to like in trying to preserve ourselves, we're actually crippling ourselves. And the way that I got through that dark season was the community that was around me. And I think when doctors and and people who are professionals are giving you that advice. I just, I I choose to disagree because I refuse to live my life with fear as the compass and the guide. Mm. I I choose to live my life with hope and faith as the guide. And I'm not going to do things in a place of, well, what if this doesn't work out? It takes just as much energy to have the declaration of what if this does work out? And so I think those people, whenever you're doing that, you're watering those seeds of fear in your own life that this isn't going to work out, that I am going to miscarry again. And in that, you just fall deeper and deeper into that depression Mm -hmm. um, versus going, you know what, I'm going to welcome people not only into the celebration, but I'm going to welcome people into the depths of my pain. And, And when we're willing to do that, our pain, you know, the Bible talks about beauty for ashes. Mm. And the only way that happens is you've got to exchange those ashes. So you've got to welcome people into that hurt place, that hard place. And in that, you know, see beautiful things happen. And so I think the redemption of what I've been through and, and the things that I've seen is welcoming people in those dark places and it giving them hope that God can do it for them too. That if he did it for me, that he'll do it for them. And I've seen so many women conceive children. In fact, a great friend of mine here in our town, in our church, she uh, 
has tried for eight years unsuccessfully Mm. to have a baby. And we prayed and believed with her. And she actually just delivered her baby just a few (gasps) weeks ago. So, yes. yes. And so for so long, she hid in her pain. Mm. And uh, through community of opening up and being real, she had a community of women surrounding her with hope and with faith. And that's what helped her begin to believe and look to the future with an expectation. Mm, wow. What a hopeful message. That is something that we can all get behind. And and for people that are in the midst of something where it's hard to believe that truth right now, believe you or believe the other friend who has, who has walked to that other side and has walked that path and said, it is possible to get beyond where you are right now. The season you're in totally. is not forever. Yes. So, so good. Well, your diapers did end up being put to good use. Like you mentioned, two kids in 13 months. Tell me about the craziness. And I think having kids close together, my kids are 25 months apart. So that's a big difference than yours, but still close together. And logistically, yeah, really hard up front. But then they end up being friends and identifying with one one another in the same season of life and things. How's that kind of transpired for you? Oh my goodness. So it was the craziest journey. Um, So my son was actually, um, he had some complications when he was born and ended up being rushed to the NICU and, and care, uh, care over to another hospital and was in there for over a week. And that was scary. Um, ended up being on my support for a little over 24 hours and just a lot happened there. And then on top of that, he was, um, had some physical limitations when he was born and the doctors had told us that he was never going to be a fully functioning. He wasn't going to walk normally. He was never going to be able to run, was never going to be able to play sports. And so we ended up seeing specialists and all of that and walking him through that process. Now he's completely healed and um, you would never guess that he ever had any physical problems. So on top of having two kids like really close together, I had a son that we were just like struggling with all these physical problems and literally fighting for his life at times. Mm -hmm. And then also having a daughter who's just a baby in her own right, you know, just being a little over a year. But now I'll say that they are the best of friends. And um, I actually homeschool my kids. And so I'm here at the office today and they sent me a picture of themselves because they put on face masks today after they got done with their homeschool work. (laughs) And so they are the best of friends. And I tell people all the time, you know, if I were to write the story of my life, I wouldn't have written it this way. But at the same time, it's the most beautifully perfect story Mm. um, that could ever be read. You know, it's the perfect story for us. And Mm. um, that mom that's listening and your two kids are so close together, um, just want to encourage you that right now where you're at, this is the hardest that it will ever be. And but yes. tomorrow is going to be the easiest it's been in a long time. <laughs> okay. and so that's what would get me through in those moments is just telling myself this is the hardest it's ever going to be. And tomorrow it'll be easier than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. And that kind of helped me guide through those moments when both kids are crying and you're balancing everything and just feeling like you're never going to get out of this season. And now I miss those seasons, as crazy as that sounds. For sure. And there's beauty in every season, right? I mean, those toddlers and them learning to talk. I have a a two-and-a-half-year-old right now who's just bubbling over with words that we can't even understand a lot of the time. But, like, he just wants to communicate, and it's just the most precious. But then by the same token, I literally have Fruit Loops scattered 
all over my kitchen that I just didn't have time to sweep yet. And I'm yes. like, is it always going to be like this? But then also, oh, can it always be like this? Like, it's, it's again, that duality of emotions in the season that you're in. Totally, totally. It's, I'm so there, girl. I yeah. think that everybody that says time goes by fast, I say it goes by fast, but it simultaneously goes by so, so slow. Right, the Fruit Loop <laughs> moments go by very slowly. Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying my conversation with Crystal. Isn't she just delightful? I wanted to thank another show sponsor, and that is Casper Mattresses. Casper is a sleep brand that makes expertly designed products to help you get your best rest one night at a time. Casper products are cleverly designed to mimic human curves, providing supportive comfort for all kinds of bodies. Did you know you spend one third of your life sleeping? So you should probably be comfortable, right? We recently upgraded from a queen to a king, and we are loving our life with a little extra space. Well, the original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive layers of memory foam for quality sleep surface with the right amount of both sink and bounce. Casper offers two other mattresses, the Wave and the Essential, so there's literally something for everything. What I really love about Casper is it's super convenient and affordable. These prices are kept down because it cuts out the middleman and they sell directly to you. The shipping is free and it comes right to your door and you're gonna love how it comes rolled up in a box and you're like, how do they fit a mattress in there? It's so exciting. Another thing I love is you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100 night risk-free sleep audit trial. So there's literally no risk in giving Casper a try. So you can get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash EMP and using promo code EMP at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. That's $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash EMP and using promo code EMP. Thanks so much, Casper. Let's get back to it with Crystal. So many times we hear, you know, oh, are you excited to have the baby? Do you want a boy or a girl? And you think, well, I just want a healthy baby. So for somebody that probably was hoping and praying for that as well, for your son, when that didn't happen, what was that like? And what would you go back and tell yourself um, about the news you were given at that time? And kind of what was that, that season of probably grieving a future that was going to look different than maybe what you had envisioned for him? Girl, that was hard. That was a really dark season. And I'm going to be 100% transparent. You know, we're still standing and believing for some things with my son. And he actually, week after next, is going to a specialist. Um, So he's still, we're still on this journey. And there are still things that he's not able to do and treatments that we have to do um, that normal kids don't have to do, you know, quote, unquote, normal. Right. Um, But I will say this, that just trusting every step in the process and knowing that if you're in that moment that you have everything inside of you to not only get through it but to overcome in that season Mm -hmm. and I think there was moments and times I think all of us feel like I don't have what it takes to get through this like I don't know that I've got it I don't know that I can do it but I think just reaching deep inside and just trusting that if, you, if, if you're there in that moment, that God's going to see you through, you know, mm-hmm. and it's going to be okay. And, and being okay with the questions and being okay with, honestly, the thoughts of this just isn't fair. 
and mm. this isn't the life I really had thought I was going to have. And I, I think it's okay to have all those questions, but at the end of it all, going, okay, I'm going to look to the future with hope. And, and I refuse to define the situation through fear, and I refuse to define the situation through sadness and through my own um, expectations not being met. Does that make sense? Yes. But instead going, you know what, I'm going to choose to just believe that, you know what, if I'm here in this moment, then I have everything I need to not just get through it, but to overcome it victoriously. And this is going to be good. And I'll just say, you know, we've seen some really amazing things with Bear on his journey. And and at one moment, um, we were leaving the doctor's office just recently, and he was really hard about some stuff. And um, his x-rays didn't come back so good. And um, we're sitting there, and I I really shelter him from a lot of that conversation because I don't want it to get in his heart mm-hmm. and label him as any kind of what's what's wrong with him on physical diagnosis or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And we're driving home, and he had his head out the window, and he's singing joyfully mm-hmm. and this worship song. And I was like, you know what? That is the perfect picture of what faith looks like. Mm-hmm. It's in the midst of the diagnosis, in the midst of his own physical pain that he was going through. And he's unaware to it and just looking towards the future with hope singing at the top of his lungs with his head hanging out the window and I was like you know that's the way we're supposed to live our lives is that right there and so I feel like he's taught me so much in this and so I would just tell the person that's listening just don't nobody gets a perfect quote-unquote story but at the end of it, it's, it's your story, and it's perfect because you're in it, and, and mm. you have everything you need to not just get through it, but to get through it victoriously. Oh, man, that is so, so powerful. And so what I'm hearing you say is that you can think about the future, you can dream of the future, but it's not clinging to a certain version of the future, but it's being hopeful that whatever version unfolds, that is that is perfect that is enough that is god's plan totally totally well the truth is i think all of us like we go through these things of like wait i don't know that this is what i signed up for yeah but yet at the same time it's exactly what you signed up for Mm -hmm. and and i think it's just resigning as being creator of the universe (laughs) and resigning of having control over everything and just truly trusting that if this is the moment that I find myself in, I'm going to trust, I'm going to hunt that there is something good in this moment. And maybe I'm just an extreme optimist. I probably am, but (laughs) I just truly believe that there's something beautiful in every moment. And sometimes we don't see it for a few years and sometimes it's really hard to see it in the moment. But I think our job is just to continuously be looking for that. Like, what is the beautiful thing? What is, well, I lay down my plans. I lay down what I thought was going to happen. And I just choose to trust that there is going to be something good come out of this. Mm. And the good thing may not be for somebody that your child walks or talks or runs or is able to do some of the things that maybe you pictured, but the beautiful thing is that they're here and that they're doing life, maybe in their own way, maybe with some differences and maybe with some struggles, but they're, they're here for a reason and there's so much that they can add just as they are. And it's really, even for typical kids, you know, letting our kids show up for who they truly are and not trying to put them in a certain box, that is such a gift to give our kids and to give ourselves. 
totally, totally. Mm-hmm. And who's to say that they should do all those things? Yes, like, yes. I always want to tell people, like, who told you that they were supposed to do that? Yeah. Like, it's just, like, it's your story. Let God be original with your story mm. and quit wanting a copy and paste story. Because the truth is, if you were living their story, you wouldn't be happy in it yeah. because they have their own flaws and their own things. So instead, just going, okay, if this is the story I find myself in, I just choose to be looking for the good. And it's okay. Like, it's okay because your child is perfectly and uniquely your child mm-hmm. and and with their limitations with their flaws with the things that we think oh my goodness I didn't think I signed up for this but here we are the truth is you can turn something beautiful out of right there where you're at but you're never going to see it if you're looking at what everybody else has you mm-hmm. know and mm-hmm. and grieving over the life you wish you had does that make sense yeah absolutely and there's a time for that grieving And then there's a time for moving on and not to impose any timelines on people for that grief, but realizing, again, it's a choice to, to, to evolve out of that grief into something new. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because even with Bear, there's still things that it hurts my heart that we can sure. do. Sure. And and there's things that we're we're not able to do. That I don't know if you'll ever be able to do. But at the same point, he's my baby, and he's <laughs> here. And I, you know, being a pastor and doing what we do, I've buried a lot of kids. You know, I've I've been to a lot of kids' funerals, and and I just think, you know, I'm not going to let those limitations rob the life that we do have. Mm. No, it's so true. It's so true. So did you ever picture yourself being a homeschooling mom? And how did you land upon that for your kids? And how's it going? Oh, my gosh. Okay, I always swore I wouldn't be a homeschool mom. Uh And I always swore, no way, not doing it. It's not for me. I just always saw homeschool moms as, like, terrible, like, these weird people, like, aliens from another planet. (laughs) I I don't know. I had, like, this... (laughs) skewed view right Mm because when you don't have kids you're an expert right Right. you're an expert about everything absolutely and kind of like I always swore my kids would never drink Starbucks Uh yeah yeah there here we are and so before they were two they had it so there's that (laughs) um so yeah so my kids have actually been in private school they've been in public school and we are now currently homeschooling and I absolutely love it my kids were actually the ones that kept asking for us to homeschool them and um, we were very resistant to it I was like I just don't know that I can do this and I think that as moms like we're so fearful to try something because we're so afraid of like what if this messes up our kids, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I was so afraid of doing it. And my husband finally just told me, he's like, Crystal, let's just try it. And let's try it for six months. And let's see where we go. Well, it was the day before I was about to uh, take them out of public school to unenroll them. And overwhelming fear came over me. And I told Brian, I was like, I can't do this. Like, I'm crazy. I cannot homeschool my kids. And he's like, no, Crystal, you're going to do it. Like, you've got what it takes. It's going to be okay. We're going to try this for six months. And it has been so amazing, like, watching my kids learn, watching them flourish. And it's so much easier than what I thought it was going to be. I had built it up to this big, huge, hard thing, right? Mm-hmm. 
And it really hasn't been. Well, there's so many amazing co-ops and so much amazing information um, out on the internet to find, like about homeschooling and resources. Oh my goodness, like just incredible. And there's a lot of women in our church actually that homeschool. And so again, going back to that community, you know, they were able to surround me and help me with questions along the way. And so it's been good. Now I will say there are days that I'm like, I can't do this. This is overwhelming. This is so hard. Um, but then we have those days in everything, you mm-hmm. know? And so all over the whole, I've really enjoyed it. It is incredible like I love homeschooling my kids it's pretty great well and the thing is like you could send them to school knowing that they're going to continue struggling with whatever they were struggling with and coming home and you dealing with that aftermath and everything and that's probably just as hard as anything that you're facing right now with the hardships of homeschooling like everything's hard in some degree but then there's also relief in some degree Yes, and yeah. that's a girlfriend of mine that homeschooled. She said, Crystal, honestly, she's like, there. you're going to have time that you put in when they're in public school because there's the carpool lines, there's all the homework assignments, there's the big projects, there's all those things. And she said, really, the time difference is no different. You'll find that it pretty much balances out. Hmm. And I, I would say that's totally true. Like, I think it's incredible and the great thing about homeschool is like Bear was having a little bit of a hard time with fractions and we were able to just pause for two whole weeks and we did nothing but fractions Hmm. Um, versus in public school I mean if you don't get it in those few days like they've moved on on, and left you kind of in the dust and so that's been great and then We've been doing a lot of things for them. I'm more concerned about who they're becoming as a person than what they're learning. And so we've done a lot of character development things. And they've done some serving projects within our community and been able to go to local hospitals and do some things. And that. so I'm just using this time to, yes, growing their knowledge, but also growing them as a person and making sure that the person they're becoming is a person that's going to make a difference in the world. And yeah, knowledge is good. Those things are great. But more importantly, how well are they going to be able to impact the world around them? And so it's really great to have that opportunity to do those things with them. Okay, you just made a great segue to where I want to go next in this conversation, talking about character building, and specifically since your family is in ministry, what are you really intentional about in terms of building up your kids' faith to become their own? And I'm a person of faith as well, and I really strive to be intentional to help my kids to build their own faith, not just glom onto what mom and dad do or say is true or right, or and ultimately not just this is what we do. This is where we go on Sundays. This is what we talk about. This is how we act. I don't want faith to be something out of obligation or out of copying. I want it to be authentic. And I know that you do too. How does that look in your family? So for us, it's really funny because people ask me all the time, like, especially when mine were littler, like yours, you know, Mm -hmm. do with yours and on up to like five and six years old, they're like, what Bible studies do you guys do together as a family? And and I'm like, okay, this sounds really bad, but we don't do Bible studies as a family because I tried and it didn't work, right? Yeah. (laughs) Like the kids are running everywhere and you're trying to read the Bible to them. Do they hear me? not working. Yes, yes. 
So um, it usually ended with just me being more frustrated than them getting anything out of it. Right. And that's not very Christ-like to be like, stop the yelling. I'm reading the Bible to you. Like, come on. It will be a timeout (laughs) and I will take away all your toys if you do not sit down and listen to Jesus. Yeah. What (laughs) is that teaching them? I've been there. Okay. So we're on the same page. So so now what? Life inside a pastor's home. This is what it's like. Okay. Keeping it real. Okay, good. Um, so for us, what we did is we we just kind of made up our minds, Brian and I did, that church wasn't going to be a place we go, kind of like what you said. Mm-hmm. And in Christianity and, and doing the living the life, the faith that we live, it's not going to be a place or a special spot in our week, but it's going to be a life that we live. And so for us, we incorporate God into our everyday conversations. And so um, it's part of us dialoguing throughout the day. So if they hear something that troubles them, you know, we talk about it. And I always try to take that moment to link it back to their faith. And um, even down to recently, Braylee, she didn't do her homeschool work. And so she wasn't able to go do something with a friend of hers. And um, she came to me and she was really sad. She said, Mom, my friend's so sad. And it's just not fair because now she doesn't get to do this fun thing. And because I didn't do my homeschool and I told her, I said, well, baby, listen right now. And I linked it back to the word. Mm -hmm. And I told her, I said, right now it's just homeschool. But one day you neglecting the small things is going to impact people around you because they're not going to get the message that you're called to bring because you're not being a steward over the little things. And so we linked it back to the word and, and able to pray with them in that moment. Even my son last night, as we were walking, um, he was talking to me because now they watch us read our Bible every day. Brian and I are always on the sofa when they wake up in the morning and they see us holding the written word of God. And, um, cause I think that that's impactful for them to see us reading the Bible. Mm. And in that journey, it stirred them to have their own journey. Journey. So it's so sweet that both of my kids now both are reading their Bible on a daily basis, not because we told them to, but because they want to. Mm-hmm. And so my son yesterday on our walk, he was just talking and he said, Mom, you know, today I was reading in John chapter 11 and he's telling me the story about Lazarus. And my heart was just so <laughs> like, oh, my goodness. And so because it's part of who we are and it's part of the conversations we have, it's inspired them to go on a journey. You know, we can't legislate for them to have a passion for God. You know, that's not going to work. It's got to come inside out. And I think when we live a life that's inspirational, it's going to make them want to be a part of that journey themselves. And so it's really, really special. And Man, I'm so honored to be their mom. They are incredible. They're incredible. So I would just challenge, you know, anybody who's listening, live the kind of Christian life that you want your kids to live. So if you want your kids to be forgiving, are you modeling forgiveness to them? If you want your kids to be loving, are you modeling love to them? If you want your kids to serve, are you modeling what it is to serve? And so the characteristics that I see in my children um, are a reflection of me both positively and negatively. Um, my daughter had something come up the other day, and I was really frustrated about it. And I just felt the Lord just speak to my heart. You know, she's doing that because she's seen you respond like that to that situation. Wow. And I was like, oh, which in turn made me go to Braley and say, you know, mommy, in this situation the other day, I didn't respond right. And I set a really bad example to you. And for that, I want to tell you I'm sorry, mm. you know. And that opened up some really great dialogue for me to then talk about what she was doing. 
And so I think, you know, as parents, you know, if we want our kids to have this authentic, um, passionate pursuit, we have to ask ourselves, are we modeling that for them? Because kids don't always hear what you say, but they're always going to do what you do. Always. Oh, your kids are so lucky to have you, Crystal. That is just so amazing. And then you're also, I'm sure, encouraging other women as you're modeling to them how to do that in their homes as well. And it just it just ripples. And that is so cool. I, it made me think of a, <laughs> something that happened yesterday. We were at Chick-fil-A and my two-and-a-half-year-old is playing in the play area. And he walks over to me and he's like, Mom, those are some moms. Go say hi. Because at the park, I would awesome. I would tell him, like, oh, go say hi to those kids, Jackson. Go say hi. But if there's moms sitting by themselves, why wouldn't I be the one to go say hi? And he's so right. So there's one more that bit of evidence. Awesome. Yep, yep. They want us to, to do what we say, not just what we do. Exactly. Come oh, on. so, so great. good. So, so good. So, Crystal, as you've been a mom now for almost 13 years, you've walked through miscarriage, you've walked through the health concerns for your son, you are emerging into the teenage years. How has motherhood changed you as a person? Were you you always this amazing and insightful and delightful? Or how has motherhood shaped who you are as a person? Oh, girl, I don't feel like I'm amazing, insightful, or delightful. You are. Um, I just, man, I'm telling you, my kids have just taught me so much, you know, I, I feel like I'm in the journey of growing as much as they are, you know, I, I look back at the mom that I was, you know, with those kids crying, and, oh, there would be times where I just thought, I just don't know that I'm doing anything right, and um, actually, I would put on worship music and just just begin to sing to the Lord. And then recently, um, we were in a service, and one of those songs that p- started playing that I would always play when my kids were that little bitty and crying. Oh. And I look over, and both of my kids have their hands in the air, worshiping God, and tears running down their cheeks. Oh. And it was like this full circle moment to me of just realizing, you know, just keeping my faith as the main priority and loving them making sure that they are the most important thing that we do, you know, Mm -hmm. above building a great church, above building a great ministry, traveling, speaking, all the things that I've gotten to do, the, my relationship with them and making sure that they love God, that they love the local church and that they love us, that that's what made that full circle moment happen. And it's what's going to ensure that continues to happen. So I would just say like, it's just a continual journey of, of realizing that we don't have it all together and, and letting the kids know, like, hey, mom's never done this before. Like, she's figuring it out. And I tell them that all the time. Like, right. this is mom's first time to be a mom of a 12-year-old yes. and an 11-year-old. That's and I, good. I make yeah. mistakes. Yep, that's perfect. That is such a good reminder to them. Like, you're learning how to be 12, and I'm learning how to parent a 12-year-old. That is that's a good reminder. No one's going to do this perfectly, either one of us. Totally. And I think it welcomes conversation, you know, and especially the older they get, it just welcomes that conversation that they always feel so open to talk to me when they fail, because I've always been so willing to talk to them when Mm -hmm. I've failed. Beautiful. What's the lesson that's taken you the longest to learn? Oh, that's, that's a tough one. I would say, I would just say just to chill out because sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm so like, I want the house perfect and I want it to look like we don't live here. And (laughs) it's a model home, everybody. Yeah. (laughs) 
man, I'm telling you, the same struggle as the two-and-a-half-year-old with Fruit Loops all over the floor right. you're going to have with a teenager with stuff all over their rooms. And um, I think just chilling out, like, just chill out. Like, it's going to be okay. You know, just because they don't have the dishes all done and the rooms are trashed out doesn't mean that you're a failure as a mother, you know. And and I think just not comparing other people's journey, you know, because you hear about other moms and their kids are doing these things and and you think it's just limited to when they're learning their motor skills and vocabulary but I think it doesn't stop because even when they're you know almost 12 and 13 you're you, the temptation to compare with everybody else well their kids are doing this and and they're doing that like what's wrong with me why aren't I doing more and just staying in the story that I, God has me in instead of constantly comparing you know am I a good mom compared to somebody else you know Mm. so I think those two things like chill out the house is fine it doesn't (laughs) have to be perfect it's totally okay and then also just being okay with not um not being the same mom as somebody else and it not looking the same as somebody else and because I work doesn't mean that I'm a lesser mom than the mom that stays at home Mm -hmm. and the stay-at-home mom isn't a lesser mom than the mom that works like it's okay yeah yeah we're all just writing our own story and hopefully it's according to what God truly wants for us hopefully we're in tune with that yeah so what are you working on personally or professionally that we should know about or follow along with where can we find you online all those things you are awesome. Um, so right now I am working on quite a few things. I've got, well, I have an online leadership program. It's a one-year program, and I have hundreds of women in it from all over the world, and it kind of helps equip them as a leader, as a woman, um, just all the way around as a businesswoman. It just attacks kind of every area, and so even stay-at-home moms are in the program to women who are starting their own business, and so I've got that that I've been doing. Um, I released my first book last year and it's called happily even after living Mm -hmm. life on the other side of insecurity and that is on amazon and so then on instagram i'm always posting things and i'm working on my second book that i'm hoping to release um, by the end of this year but we'll see how it goes it's it's a bigger project than what i had anticipated so Uh, there's that i'm like oh my goodness this is a lot (laughs) it is a lot can you say what that book's going to be about it's actually, it's a study of First and Second Samuel out of the Bible, oh, wow. and so it's the life of King David, and it is huge, and the more I've studied it out, I took a group of women through it uh, for this spring semester, and it's been so rich, and so many lives have been changed. I mean, they're just like seeing God in a whole new way, and just really falling in love with God's Word in a deeper level. But through that, it's like the book just keeps growing. And Mm. so I'm like, I don't know if this should be two volumes or what we should do here. (laughs) And then on top of that, I have a YouTube channel. And so I post YouTube videos over there every single week. So I feel like I've got like maybe too many balls in the air. Sometimes I'm like, am I crazy? (laughs) (laughs) But it sounds like you just enjoy every part of what you're doing so much in that respect. No, you don't have too many balls in the air because if it's filling you up and it's offering your heart and your soul and what you love to others and encouraging them to do the same, you just keep going. You do that. 
Thanks, friend. That's Thanks, friend. Think. It is awesome. Hey, you know, it's like every email you get, and I know that you have this too, every email, every review, you know, to you people listening, the emails that you send, Jessica, the reviews that you leave, yep. they're the water to her soul that makes her keep doing it. Mm-hmm. And every time I know that you probably have those moments you want to quit, and then it doesn't fail, you get that email of that person that finds hope through your podcast, and you're like, okay, so I'm going to keep doing it. Here yep. we go. Yeah, absolutely. Crystal, this has been delightful. Sometimes you just need that girlfriend in your life that just makes you think it's all going to be okay. We can all just sure. chill out a little bit more, and we're all doing the best we can, and we can do it with a lot of joy, even even yes. when there's bumps in the road. Totally, you know? totally. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah. I always ask my guests just one final question, and it's this, Crystal. What would you tell your pre-motherhood self? Okay, what would I tell my pre-motherhood self? I would tell I would tell myself, which I think we've kind of talked about in this, that the story isn't going to be perfect, but it's your story. Love every page, every paragraph, and every chapter. Oh, thank you. Thank you for sharing your journey. Thank you for showing up for your kids like you are. I just think you're truly an extraordinary person and an extraordinary mom. So thank you. Thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. Oh, what a great conversation. So much food for thought there, and I just loved getting to know Crystal even better. Everything we talked about today, links to where you can find Crystal online, and pictures of her cute family will be over at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can do that at JessicaDahlquist3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Coming up this Friday, I will have a Mother's Day episode for you. On Instagram this week, I talked about picking three or so moms that really just stand out to you, that you notice, that maybe they're having a hard time, maybe they're totally rocking it, maybe they just need to feel a little bit noticed, a little bit validated. Be that for them. Write them a note. It's, it's, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, it's not too late to get a note in the mail to them. Use the 1-800-Flowers deal <laughs> and send them 24 roses. Imagine that, especially a single mom who may or may not be getting acknowledged this Mother's Day. Send out those flowers, make a batch of cookies, leave them on a doorstep, divide up some tea towels, and hand them out to the moms that you know could really use that boost or that would love to feel seen. Use this Mother's Day to not just reflect upon your own motherhood, but really acknowledge the wonderful, incredible job the mothers around you are doing. It'll make your day as much as it will theirs. All right, everybody, thanks for tuning into the podcast today, and we'll see you next week for another episode with another extraordinary mom. Bye.